Hi, my name is Sierra Fulton. Um, growing up, my life wasn't easy. Um, I was in the foster care system due to drug addicted parents, alcoholic parents. Um, my mom, my mom, who I, who I now have a relationship with, she was drug addicted. My dad, you know, he did alcohol and drugs. Um, they both put us in, put my siblings and I in foster care. Um, growing up, I was physically, mentally, sexually, verbally abused. Um, I remember growing up into a foster care system where, um, there was this lady who took care of me and my sister. I was like one or two years old at the time. And... She had took care of me and my sister. And I remember growing up in this lady's home and her house was like real nasty. And I remember her um, actually, a rat bit me when I was young. And you know, I was sleeping on a, it was like a bunk bed and I was like on the bottom bed and I had my arm over like the railing of the bed and um, a rat had bit me. When the rat bit me, I woke up screaming. She took me to the hospital. I had to get a tetanus shot. I remember her like dashing my hand, like dashing my hand with uh, peroxide. Um, and I remember us being removed, my sister and I being removed from the lady's home like two, three days after this occurred. Um, she also had me in school, which was a preschool for children who had disabilities. They were basically saying I was dys dyslexic. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to write. I, I was going through a lot, but not thinking about my childhood trauma. Like, you know, not thinking about that. No, this child actually been through some things. This child actually was just taken from her parents, and now she's in a foster care system. So during that time, um, I remember the teachers not being so nice to me um, because of the color of my skin. And that was in the 80s, too. So, you know, diversity wasn't like too, they weren't too big on diversity. So um, I do remember growing up, right, I got out of the school, I graduated from the school, and now I'm living with my paternal aunt. During the time of living with my paternal aunt, um, she in the beginning it was like you know everything was good she wanted to go through the paperwork she wanted uh me and my sister to be adopted it was like she had the best interest for us at heart but in the same sense it was like no it wasn't it wasn't what she was making it seem it was all for money so um she will verbally physically mentally abuse my sister and i tell us that we're going to be like our parents i remember her even telling me um, from young, I probably was like eight, telling me that I'm going to be like my mother. I'm going to be a drug addict. I'm going to have nine kids like my mom. I'm never going to amount to anything. No matter what I do, I'm never going to be anything. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, that childhood trauma, it, it sticks with you. And especially like word curses, you know, um, word curses is something sometimes you can't get over. Like you try to push through life and those things stick with you because it starts to affect you. You, your mental capacity it starts to affect you when you have children it starts to affect you in your everyday life so um fast forward a little bit um i was like just going through it with her 
So I'm like, you know, and I think she hated me the most because I kind of, and still to this day, sort of look like my mom. But I also favor my dad now as I got older. But I, when I was younger, I, look, I was like a spitting image of my mom. So um, when I was, you know, when I was young or whatever, I was in school. So now I'm in another, I'm in a different school. I'm in a public school now. And originally my name was Tony Smith. I was born with that name. It was Tony Ciara Smith. I was born with that name. Um, Tony was, was on my birth certificate. Ciara was my middle name. And Smith was my grandmother's last name, which was also my mom's name. So, um, I came home one day just boiling my eyes out because I was being teased by students in my class. They were like, oh, Tony Baloney, Tony this, Tony that, oh, Tony you phony, or just, you know, rhyming words with the names. We know kids can be cruel. Growing up, kids were very cruel. And still to, to today, society shows you that kids are cruel. So I'm like, I hate my name. I hate my name. So my um, paternal aunt at the time told me, she asked me, did I want to change my name? And I'm like, yeah, of course, I want to change my name. So eventually we dropped um, Tony and we dropped Smith and she gave me my grandmother, my father's mother last name and my father's last name. So I have like two last names. So it's Ciara Grant Fulton. Okay. So I, that was my name that I even live with till to today. Um, I was born and raised in New York city. I'm currently residing in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, I always felt like I wanted to move. Like, I always just wanted to move. I just didn't want to be around them anymore. So, okay, like, now let's go back into my life. So, going back into my life, um, as I was starting to grow up, or whatever the case, you know, I became problematic a little bit. You know, I was rebellious. Like, um, I just wanted to see my mom. I, that was it. I just wanted to see my mom. I don't know why I wanted to see my mom. I just wanted to see my mom. So my father's sister would say, oh, things like, oh, no, you're not seeing her. Or when Christmas time came and my mom would give us gifts, um, she would take the gifts she bought from us and just give us the gifts my mom gave us. And be like, oh, yes, yeah, since you cherish her gifts a lot more, you cherish mine. And I'm like, like that's evil as heck. So my paternal aunt would just like do like little mean things to us or she wouldn't do my hair or like if she get mad at us like I form a punishment would consist of us getting beat with belts um paddles whatever she could get her hands on if it was a pole a bat whatever she could get her hands on I remember her one time beating me with an extension cord and then to put more pain on me she put noxema there um I remember her breaking a paddle on me and I had like splinters and she just had me sit there until, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want the, I don't want to keep sitting down on this stuff. Um, I remember um, her busting my nose a couple of times um, and just let my nose just leak all over the place and then make me clean it up. Um, me getting my menstrual um, and her just, like, her just, um... If I have cramps, her, she'll just like, oh, you got to get up. You got to clean up. And I would have cramps so bad that I couldn't even stand or um, I'll vomit. And she didn't even care. Like, it was just like whatever she felt like doing at the time is what she did. Um, I would have to, if I'm on punishment, I have to eat one particular cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, she wouldn't touch my hair. I remember one time she did my hair 
and braids going to the back and I just cried I had my hood on in school and I got a beating because I had my hood on in school or whatever the case may be but if you would have seen how the braids look it was like just so embarrassing she made us she would make me and my sister wear uniforms um she would have us wear uniforms and like not change our clothes no deodorant no soap no showering no nothing and wouldn't even care you know and they'll send us out the house like that just so we could be ridiculed um it was sad you know it was a sad situation um so you know i i remember young like just praying like who what kind of person is this like god i know you didn't put us in a situation for us to sit here and suffer you know like I know you didn't like like what is what is my goal like I'm not understanding like I could have stayed in force to care for this I could have stayed where I was because my life have to mean more than just being abused then later on fast forward I graduated from public school I get into junior high school um she goes back to her high school sweetheart or whatever he was the man was a pervert um I was like just starting to develop like, you know, my hips are spreading a little bit. You know, I'm just starting to get, like, little breasts. And the man is touching me. Once he moved in, he, the touching started. Um, I remember, like, us playing in, like, the room. And he will come behind me and actually get erect from playing with me. Or he acting like he's playing with me, but he's grabbing my breast inappropriately. Or, like, trying to touch my vaginal area. And I'm like, this is not right. Like, this is not right. So I would put on, like, double clothes. I would put on double clothes. I would put on, like, two layers of clothes or, like, some shorts and a pair of leggings. And, like, I have the leggings on, a pair of shorts over it, a big, big T-shirt and a shirt probably under it. Just so I wouldn't feel how this man felt about me sexually. So one time I was going to associate it. And when I was going to associate it, I remember... um my 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 um aunt asking him to take me to the store so i'm like oh god here we go so we had like 10 minutes before the store was about to close and in the 10 minutes um this man was like touching me like he was like oh um we never went to the store sorry let me back up we never went to the store we never made it to the store we never made it to um we made it to some some kind of side block because we got to think about it. It's Brooklyn, New York. So we made it to a side block. In the side block, we made it... Um, we made it to the side block. In the side block, we made it to... Um, we made it to a side block. And in the side block, it was like... Um, it was dark and deserted. I don't even remember the block. I was so young. I was like 12. And on the side block... This man whipped out his private area, his private part, his penis, and wanted me to perform oral sex on him. And I'm like, no. He wanted me to touch it. I'm crying. But the good thing about it was is that his child's mom was calling at the time, which was my aunt. She was calling at the time. And when she was calling, she was like, um, where y'all at? Why y'all didn't make it to the store? da 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 and he basically lied. was like, oh, by the time we got there, it was closing and they were already leaving and this, that, and the third. So he had went back outside after we had came back to the house. And I basically told her everything that happened. Um, 
when I told her what had happened, she had told me that um, I started explaining to her what had happened um, in the car, and basically she made me put my hand on the Bible because in my life, in my family, I was like the black sheep, so I'm like a liar to everyone. So she was like, "Oh, um, you sure this really happened? I don't believe it happened, but I'm gonna take your word for it." And I'm crying hysterically. I'm boiling my eyes out. Like this really happened. Like it's been happening. You just weren't seeing the signs of things happening. And she's like, "Oh, okay. I'm gonna talk to him. Talking to him. She kicked him out. Probably like two, three days after it happened. And the next month, she was coming to me like, "Oh." I don't care how you feel. You're a child. Stay in a child's place. And I need you to, um, I need him to help me pay bills. So I'm like, okay, like, that's weird, but okay. You know, like, I'm a, I'm a child, so it's like, I have to respect my elders. You know, the Bible says, honor thy mother and thy father for your days will be longer. And she was appointing my guardian at the time, so I'm like, okay. But I never went and told anybody what happened, even though I was 12 years old. Um, basically... And those days, it's like, what happens in this house stays in this house. And if you tell anyone, um, I'm going to beat the crap out of you, no matter what, how you feel, or whatever. Um, basically, it was like, I was living in a house of hell. Um, he was getting an advantage over everything. He had basically full control over her. Like, it was almost like a puppet. It was almost like a puppet. And it was like, he had full control. Whatever he said, goes. Whatever I said didn't mean anything. I'm a liar. I'm this. I'm that. No matter what I say, it doesn't mean anything. Because at the end of the day, who am I? Do you understand? I'm just Ciara. And I'm the niece. And that's it. Like, I was no longer daughter, nothing. Um, I wasn't a daughter. She never really made me feel like a daughter. Um, and it was like... She didn't want the truth to come out of what was going on with her in the house and how she was allowing this man to sexually abuse me and didn't even care. Now, I'm not going to say I was ever penetrated. I wasn't. But I will say that I was very uncomfortable um, seeing this man private part on a regular. I was very uncomfortable with this man touching me on a regular. Um, everybody just... I don't know. It was like everybody just wanted me to sweep it under the rug. And I'm coming forth because I have to stand strong for women like me that been through that. Who's scared to come forward. Um, you know, sometimes we have to realize that our traumas and our pain pave us to be the women we are today. That if we have sons and daughters that we'll never allow them to go through what we've been through. Allow them to go through the things that they've been through, that we have been through in our past. The physical trauma, the mental trauma, the abuse, you know? And I just want someone that, you know, that's out here, that's scared to come for it. If you speak up, there's people that actually need your help. You know, like, I didn't speak up until I was practically an adult. Um, I was scared to speak up. I didn't even start telling people in my family what was going on until probably recently. Like, I kept a lot of things to myself. And maybe if I probably wouldn't have kept it to myself and probably would have got the help that I needed, I'd have probably would have been in a better mental space when I was younger. But now that I'm older and, you know, I first I had to find God and realize that no matter what my pain and my circumstances look like, that God is going to deliver me, deliver me from it all then I had to 
seek therapy. There's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist at all. People make it, you know, you get made fun of, like, oh, you're going to see a shrink. Oh, you crazy. Or they want to put you on meds. It's okay to speak to someone about things you're going through. It's okay to find it, find it in you that, you know, sometimes it's okay that you need help. We all need help in some form or fashion. We can't do it on our own. You understand whether it's spiritual help, whether it's meditating, whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's, you know, seeking God, however you do it, it's okay. It's okay to feel, oh, you know, to feel like, you know what, this is out of control. I I need the help. I need help. I need someone to help me. So if you have to see that shrink, as they say, or you have to see that therapist, if you have to see, or if you have someone that you could talk to, that you can trust, speak, speak up. Because I didn't, and I lived with that trauma for years, and years, and years, and then I say in my late 20s is when I started speaking up about it, about the different things that I experienced in life, and about, you know, like, what this man did to me, and, you know, I vowed, I vowed that I will never allow it to happen to my own children, I have two girls, two boys, I will never allow it to happen to my children, you know, and I'm hoping by me even coming forth and bringing this to you, that it helps you. It helps, you know, like, I don't care if it's an aunt. I don't care if it's a grandmother. I don't care if it's whoever. If there's inflicting harm on you, get help. Um, Like, me, when I was going through what I was going through, going into relationships, I was not well. So the same trauma that she was inflicting on me, I was inflicting into my relationships. And my relationships became, you know, I'm starting to see myself I'm starting to see this person that I'm becoming. And it was like, I was becoming like my aunt. I was like speaking to men the way she'll speak to them. Like sometimes women, we do have to submit depending on what it is. I'm going to be honest. We have to submit to our husbands. We have to submit and be that submitted woman to our husbands and, you know, allow them, you know, to lead our lives because I was going through a relationship, relationships after relationships after relationships. And, I'm like, I'm in control because I don't care because that's how she showed me. Like, a woman has to be in control. If this is the woman's name is on the lease, that the woman is in control of everything. She uh, she, she dominates everything. No, that's wrong. A woman don't dominate anything. Yes, we if we have a significant other, respect him as being the head and not the tail. We have to submit ourselves. Submit ourselves. Submit ourselves onto God first. Then we can submit ourselves onto our husbands. You know? And I was learning that what I was doing was wrong. I should not be talking to a man like that. I should not be talking to a man like he's underneath me. So I'm not even allowing him to be a man. I'm allowing, I'm like kind of taking away his masculinity and not even realizing it. But there's more to come. Look out for part two. Um, once again, I'm Ciara, and I hope, I hope that I bless someone. Later.